Amen. Let's Amen. give him a warm welcome. Amen. Thanks. Thanks so much, Paul. Well, it's just such a blessing to be with you guys. Uh, it's so exciting to come and talk to you. And uh, if you're joining with us online, I'd say a good morning and good morning, Sendpoint. It's just wonderful together to be together in the presence of God. Amen. I, I love a bit of response. So be prepared. All right. Now, I've been given the title, When God Speaks, which is great because he does. Amen. God speaks. And as his children, he loves to speak to us, not just for ourselves, but for others in the church, and not just for those in the church, but those outside the church. So this morning, we're going to look at, we're going to explore the gift of prophecy through the title of When God Speaks. Now, I'm here this morning because someone gave me a prophetic word uh, which changed my life, which drew me back to Jesus. When I was 17, I, I turned my back on the Lord, and I walked away. I didn't want anything to do with him because of a friend's death. But he had other plans. The father is so good, amen? Even when his children walk away, he never walks away from them, and his arms are always out ready for us. And uh, from 17, fast forward uh, quite a few years to when I was uh, uh, at university in my second year, when I was about 21. And um, I was out with my hockey team. Uh, We would play on a Wednesday, and then Usually we'd go out and get drunk, and then we'd go for a curry. But one of the guys on the team was a Christian, and he was an amazing witness for Jesus. And as we staggered out of, he he wasn't drunk, but I was, as we staggered out of the curry house, he turned. All the boys were there, so you can imagine, this is quite a hostile environment for a Christian. And and Ed, uh, it's one of my best mates, he turned and he he said this, do you love God or do you love beer? And all the boys just fell about laughing. Whoa, go to beer, go to beer. But you see, it was a word. It was a prophetic word from the Lord. And it it was like my heart had been laid before me. And the secrets within me had been laid before me. As as Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 14, when non-believers experience prophecy and their hearts are revealed. And I can remember walking home that night. And and it, it sounds a bit funny, but I was going, God or beer? God or beer. And it was like my eyes had been opened to the destruction that beer was doing in my life and the need that I had now for God in my life to rescue me. So in response, as I kind of walked home, I cried out to God. I cried out to God. And one week later, uh, oh, it was like the enemy was having a real go and he just showed all the failure in my life. I can remember cycling home one night and I just felt so low. I was feeling lonely and rejected. I was anxious and just felt there was, there was really no point to, to live life. But in a split second, as I cycle on, it was like cycling into a wall of God's love, his grace. And for the first time in my life, I knew, I knew God's love. I knew his forgiveness and I felt his power. And from that moment on, I turned my life around and I followed Jesus. And my life was never the same. It felt like I'd been born again. How many people have felt like that when they've asked Jesus into life? It's, it's transformation. And that's what Jesus loves to do in our lives. You see, God can use the prophetic to reveal someone's heart, to lead them to repentance, and to show them what he can do in their lives. You know, when I turned to Jesus, he turned my life around, and he brought peace into my life. 
And as I started to live in the truth of who I was in Christ, my whole life changed. You know, the Father loves to speak to believers about who we are, to remind us that we're his beloved. But he also loves to use us to speak to the church, to encourage, to strengthen and comfort us. But he also uses us to speak outside, to remind people that he loves them. So this morning, we're going to look at this amazing gift, a spiritual gift called the prophetic. So it's going to appear on the screen, and we're just going to look at 1 Corinthians 12, and I'll read verses 4 to 11. So let's look at this together. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, another a message of knowledge by uh, means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healing by the one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines." Now, the, the Apostle Paul uh, was one of not just the greatest evangelists and church planters, but he was also one of the greatest equippers and encouragers for those believers to walk in the things of the Spirit. Paul, when he was talking to the church in Corinth, said this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Notice that again. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Now, notice what Paul says, first of all, follow the way of love. You know, when we're using spiritual gifts, we must follow the way of love, the love of Jesus. Paul spelled that out in, in, the, two, in the chapter, in between chapter 12 and 14, which is chapter 13. And it says this, love is kind, love is patient, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Now, sadly, where we often hear that in the church is when there's a wedding. But that wasn't written for weddings. It was written for the church. As we, as we live out, it defines what love is so that we can love one another as we use spiritual gifts to build each other up. So we must follow the way of love. And as we do that, we eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Now those words, eagerly desire, could be translated, be zealous for spiritual gifts. Be zealous, and you could translate that to use great energy, to use enthusiasm to pursue spiritual gifts. Now it's good to remember at this point that spiritual gifts are given by the grace of God. We don't earn them. It's not, we don't get a certificate at like after we've been following the Lord for 12 years, or you're ready for spiritual gifts. It doesn't matter what age. It's not by works. We just need to ask because it's by grace and God loves to give gifts to his people. So we need to pursue that. So we must follow the way of love. We must eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. And I want to ask you this morning, I think Pete, Pastor Pete gave you a challenge last week. Are you desiring the gifts of the Spirit? Are you desiring them? Are you using your enthusiasm to go after the spiritual gifts? Are you using, are you using your energy to go after the spiritual gifts in order to allow the church to be the church? 
or you're running after different things. Sometimes we need to refocus. I know I do. When I lose my focus on, on eagerly pursuing the things of the Spirit. So we need, therefore, as believers, to eagerly desire. We need to go after the gifts of the Spirit. But Paul here says, especially prophecy. Now, why might you ask prophecy? Why should we go after prophecy above all others? Well, I want to give you some reasons. And the first and the major reason is this. In order to build God's kingdom, and I always think that God's kingdom is the whole earth. You know, it's not just in the church. The kingdom is so much wider. But he doesn't just want to build his kingdom. He also wants to build his church. And so he wants us as believers to use his gifts. We need to realize as we look to build the kingdom that the people outside the church are hungry. But sadly, we're not using the gifts of the Spirit out there to bring people to him. So they're wanting to consult psychics and mediums because the church isn't being the church out to bring the kingdom. And we know that when people do that, it damages them because they're seeking the wrong spirit and not the Holy Spirit. You know, if we look at, at the Apostle Paul, he used the spiritual gifts. If you look at the transition from Athens, where Paul didn't see much fruit, and then he goes to Corinth, and he says this, he says, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony of God. He'd seen that that didn't work in Athens. But he goes on to say this, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a transformation of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. You see, as a church, we need to be using the gifts of the Spirit, not just inside the church to build one another up, but also outside the church as a demonstration of God's power. Because people are hungry for that, amen? And sadly, they're looking to the wrong place. But we have the best Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You know, one of, the, the, uh, and one of my titles at uh, St. Mungus is the Director of Evangelism. And we run this thing called Spirit Cafe. And I think the... Um, the campus down in Granton is going to be starting this. And it's an amazing outreach. And what we do is we use the, the gifts of the Spirit to allow those who've never known God to encounter God. And we use the gifts of the Spirit to do that. Now, recently, we were in Livingston. And uh, we had like 70 people come to this outreach. And most of them, I would say 95% of them were non-Christians. And one of the, one of the people who'd come uh, came to one of our prophetic teams and she was a psychic. And it was like she sat down and she said, I want to see what you've got. <laughs> Let's just laugh at that, shall we? You know, as the team ministered and she received a prophetic word, what we'd call a free spiritual reading, her heart melted. And she was open to receive the gospel. See, that's what the gifts of the Spirit do. When the church is the church out there and we use prophecy, we use healing, it, it, it dissolves people's hearts and they feel the love of God, the peace of God, the kingdom of God, and they are hungry. Do you want that, church? We want that, don't we? You know, one of uh, my heroes in the prophetic is a guy called Steve Thompson. And he's written one of the best practical books on prophecy, which says this, you may all prophesy, Amen. Can we all say that? We may prophesy. We may prophesy. 
That sounds a bit like Presbyterian language to me. Come on, let's try that again. We may prophesy. Come on. He says this in his book. God has provided these spiritual enablements for us to receive and demonstrate his supernatural power in healing, miracles, and prophecy. The church and the world are desperate for God to make himself known and dwell among them. We will not stand in the perilous times ahead, not fulfill our mandate in the world unless functioning in all of the spiritual enablements, the spiritual gifts available to us. See, if we want to see the church grow, if we want to see the kingdom advance, then we need to use the Holy Spirit gifts that he gives them. Now, the gift of prophecy allows God through believers, people like us, just normal believers, to reveal unbelievers' hearts and bring them to Jesus. Does that excite anyone here? Come on. Encourage believers in the church to stay the course. Does anyone ever struggle? Prophecy helps us to encourage each other, to build up believers and the church to live out the calling on our lives. Isn't it good to be reminded of the calling that God places on our lives, church? Yeah? Yes, thank you. How about comfort? Anyone ever need some comfort? Well, the gift of prophecy allows believers to call out those who are struggling and to bring comfort. And then it allows the Father to call out the gold in others when we prophesy, to often show them what God's put in them that they don't see, and then to call out things that are in the future. So I hope you can see why we need to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, why we need to especially go after prophecy. But what might you ask is prophecy? What's the gift of prophecy? Well, what I like is that Scripture answers this. In 1 Corinthians 14, 3 to 5, it says this, But the one who prophesies speaks, so it's a revelatory gift, to the people for their strengthening, coloring, and comfort. Can we say strengthening? Comforting and comfort. That's what the gift of the Spirit is given, or the gift of, the, the, of prophecy to do. And anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Does the church need edified? It does. And I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather every, uh, everyone to, to prophesy. So we see it's really important for Paul that the whole church, prophesying is speaking in order to uh, strengthen, comfort, and encourage others. Yet prophecy is not just speaking on an earthly basis, but a, a divine basis. Prophecy is hearing from God and speaking what you hear and see for others, to build up, to strengthen, and to encourage. So prophecy is, in in the most basic form, is hearing what God is saying about someone and relying uh, and relaying it to them. Now, prophecy is included in the four revelatory gifts that are mentioned in in 1 Corinthians 12. I know Pastor Pete has shared a few of them, but these are a message of knowledge, a message of wisdom, the gift of discerning spirits, and the gift of prophecy. And each of these are revelatory gifts, which, 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 are, which, which are given with a revelation from God, which the person receives but didn't know before. So, for instance, a message of knowledge is a revelation that is very specific. It might give a fact about a person, a place, an event, uh, which God gives to the person which wasn't known. So it could be a name, a birthday, or details about their history. It doesn't uh, contain about, uh, uh, words about guidance, but it's really facts. And as you give it, a person could say yes or no, or that's true. Now, a message of knowledge can often cause a person to, be, to open their lives to the gospel. 
Um, I can remember a lady who came to the Spirit Cafe, and she sat down, and the minute we, uh, we started to, to prophesy over her, I got this um, word of knowledge about her, and it was this. It said she had been hung out to dry in a relationship. And so just as we ministered to her, I said, look, I, I just get a sense in the Lord that in the past you'd been hung out to dry in a relationship. And the minute I said it, it was like her heart was melted. And we were able to share the gospel and lead her to the gospel. You see, that's what a message of knowledge can do. The next is a message of wisdom. It's where God gives uh, wisdom, uh, guidance to you for another person in a situation. For instance, when Laura and I, that's my wife, we were uh, thinking of selling our flat. And we asked the Lord, we asked for a, for a word of knowledge or wisdom. And he said, I want you to wait for a whole year. Now, we wanted to move, so that was really tough. But we wanted to honor Lord because he had the best for us. And I'm glad he did. Because if we'd gone at that moment and saw that we wouldn't have found this amazing house that wasn't even built. But a year later, we got this amazing house. See, when we wait on the Lord, he has good things for us. The next one is discerning spirits. And, and when a person has that gift, or it might come on them for a moment... It allows a person to distinguish between what is of God and what is not of God. To discern spiritual gifts in a person's life. Discern a specific purpose of the Lord when you feel the presence of the Lord to come upon them. And also function uh, like a word of knowledge and healing. So I want to give you an example of that. We once were praying for this lady on a team I was working for. And she couldn't sleep. She, just, she, she had a certain condition. I can't remember what it was. But we prayed and prayed and prayed and there was no breakthrough. And so we were, we were asking the Lord, what, how are we going to get this healing? And the Lord said to me, I want you to sing over her, which is a little embarrassing for me. So I shared it with the guys, and I said, look, we need to pray. We need to sing. And they looked at me and said, you must be joking. Uh, you can start. So I started to sing uh, rather badly. And so we sung over her. And, uh, and then she felt something shift, but she couldn't say. She, so a week came back, and we, we went back to her. And she said, I, I can sleep. You see, discerning what was going on, the Holy Spirit gave us revelation. And then the last, the gift of prophecy. This is when God speaks uh, to us in different ways to encourage, strengthen, and comfort one another. And the gift of prophecy normally has three different stages. You have the revelation, the interpretation, and the application. The interpretation, the application. So the interpretation, the application. So let's go through each of these. So let's uh, take them one by one. Firstly, the revelation. This is a message that God gives us to, to, to share with someone else. And it can be given through a word, a picture, uh, a scripture, a vision, a dream. You might get a sense of something or an impression in our mind's eye. Or you might hear an audible voice. Now, a revelation is something that we could not know before about someone else. And it's given by God. And I want to use a certain example of once when I was out and about, and I'm going to go through the three stages so we can understand them. So I was in Costa Coffee on Princess Street talking with some friends, and all of a sudden I saw this lady, the Holy Spirit got my attention on this lady on the other side of Costa Coffee. And, uh, and the revelation was this, that God, Jesus had just given her a bath and cleansed her, and she now was standing in a white robe. That was the revelation, okay? So that's the revelation. That's all I had. So then I went on to the second stage, the interpretation. This is the understanding of what God has revealed. And the best question to ask is, what does this mean? What on earth does this mean, God? All right? This gets a bit nerve-wracking, but there we go. 
at this stage, it's really important to ask God what the picture or the word means. Because he might give you a picture, the same picture for two people, but it might mean exactly the opposite thing. It might mean something different. So it's really important that we ask God for what the meaning is. What does it mean? So sometimes we might only have the revelation, and that's where we stop. We just give that to the person, and that's okay. But he might give us the interpretation. So I had the revelation for the lady, but what is the interpretation? Well, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me that uh, she needed to know that she was forgiven and cleansed. And that she had, through believing in Jesus, she, had, she was walking the robe of righteousness. That's, what does that mean? That's what it is. So now I moved on to the final, the application. The application, what did it mean? And what do, do we do with this? And this is the question to us. What do we do? What do I do with this right now? Uh, and that's really important to us. Do I just pray about this or do I go and share? And I felt the Lord say that I should go and share. All right? So I was really confident until I got up. Because as I started to walk across Costa Coffee, I started to think, she's going to think I'm a complete weirdo. In fact, I could be in the police van in the next 10 minutes. If I said to her, I, I've just seen you in a bath and, and Jesus is next to you, I was like, no, I started to think, oh my goodness, this is just a nightmare. Okay, so I went over and I said, hi, my name's Ollie uh, and I'm a Christian. Uh, and, and, and I started to stumble and I said, uh, I, I feel I've got a word from God for you. He wants to encourage you. And, and, and I started to mumble a bit more. I started to get quite nervous. At which point she said, Oh, I'm a Christian too. Uh, which point, okay. So how do I how do I describe to her? I've just seen. Oh, I didn't see in the bath. I saw you know that all the stuff was off. So I just said to her, Look, I hope you don't mind, but this is what I kind of saw. I saw that Jesus had just given you a bath, and you come out of the bath, and you're now in a white robe, and Jesus wants you to know that you're completely forgiven, and that you you need to walk in that. Don't walk in just the lies of the enemy, walk in the truth that you're forgiven and that you walk in righteousness through your belief in Jesus, that you are made righteous. Oh my goodness, she was just, she was encouraged that she was forgiven. She was strengthened to keep going and not to give up. And she was comforted that she was righteous in Christ. I don't know who was more relieved, I think I was, that I ended up in the police van. But you see, we get the revelation, we get the interpretation and we get the application. We might only get the revelation, and that's fine, we only share that. Or we might get the revelation and the interpretation, we share that. Or we might get all three. But let's now go and look at what the boundaries that we need to use in order to keep ourselves safe and not hurt people as we prophesy. So the first one and the most important one is to ask about the revelation. It cannot contradict the Bible. So we use the Bible as our, as our guidance, as our benchmark. You know, if someone came up to you and said, I've got this prophetic word for you, and this is it, that you don't need to forgive that person for what they've done for you. Well, that's a lie. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, that we need to forgive. So you need to get rid of that. Now, it might be extremely attractive. Oh, yeah, I don't need to forgive. But that goes against the word. That contradicts the word of God. And so we just get rid of it. I love to say we flush it away. All right? My wife doesn't like that, but I do, okay? Let's try that. We just flush it away. Okay, if it contradicts the Bible, what do we do? Oh, that's good. All right, we'll try another one. So it has to be encouraging, strength, and comfort. It cannot be negative. Don't use negative words, okay? Uh, 
we once had a, a, a lady come to Holy Trinity who had just come in, and you can tell she was very nervous. And so they'd asked me to come and pray for her. And so I'd gone up to her, and uh, when, I, when I was coming up to her, I got the revelation that she was full of fear. Okay? She was full of fear. But if I'd gone up to her and said, hi, are you full of fear? I feel the Lord's telling me you're full of fear. I mean, that wouldn't have been strengthening. It wouldn't have been comforting. It wouldn't have been comforting. She'd have probably burst into tears. So I went up to her and I turned to her and I said, I, I just get this sense that the Lord wants to give you courage. And her whole face changed. Yeah, I need courage. She said, because I'm full of fear. <laughs> Which I thought was quite funny. But you see, it was positive. It was encouraging. It was strengthening. And we were able to minister to her. And, you know, she was able to step up onto the next thing for, her, for God. And she saw that God could make an impact. You see, the prophetic word makes an impact. So we need to be encouraging strength and comfort. That one, next one, it must be given in gentleness and humility. You know, we are not Old Testament prophets. Prophets, we don't come and say, "Thus saith the Lord." We don't. We're not, we're not like that. We need to come with gentleness and with humility, and say, "Do you know what? I, I, I think this is what the Lord might be saying here." Paul says this in one Corinthians thirteen: "For we know in part, and we prophesy in part." So we need to come with humility, knowing that we might have it wrong. Okay? I, I remember I met with this leader for the first time, an amazing young man of God. And, uh, and, and I was a bit nervous. And so um, he said, oh, would you pray for me? And I said, oh, okay. And so I prayed for him. And when I prayed for him, I saw John Wesley preaching in the fields. And, and, the, and what the, I asked for a kind of interpreter and revelation, and he said, it's because he's going to be like John Wesley. I was like, Oh my goodness, that's a, bit, that's a bit of a word. And I'm not sure about this. And so, so, so I stopped and I said, look, I'm, I, I might have this well wrong, but I saw John Wesley in the field and I felt the Holy Spirit said, you're going to be like a John Wesley. Uh, but I might have it wrong. So can you, can you just hold that and test it and see? And he just started laughing. I thought, oh my goodness, what have I said? I'll never be able to prophesy for another leader in my life. And he said, you know what? This prophet spoke to me last week. And he said, you're going to be like a Wesley. And he even gave me a statue of John Wesley. And I was just relieved, to be honest. You know, often God gives a word, a same word, through two different people to confirm something. But we should always do it with gentleness and respect. You know, the next thing is we should never add anything to the prophetic word or the vision that we get. I often just get, get one word for, for a person. It might be to remind them that they're God's beloved. And that's all they need to hear, or that they need peace. You know, if it's God's word, it's going to have power. We don't need to add anything else. And it might just be that one word that changes the whole day for them. So let's not try and make it more dramatic. And on the lines of that, we shouldn't prophesy about certain things. Unless you're, you know, have a very high level of pro- prophecy, a prophetic gifting, I would say there are certain things that we don't prophesy about. Off limits would be relationships in regards to engagements and weddings. We just don't prophesy about that. Off limits are also uh, uh, about babies, giving prophetic words about babies or specific dates or even healings. You know, we might feel compassionate for a person, but we don't turn that into a prophetic word. We must be careful that we're not uh, speaking out of the flesh, but keeping in step with the spirit. You know, this can often damage people, really, if it's not a word from the Lord. You know, if you really sense that you've got a word from the Lord and say, I would take it to one of your pastors 
and just give it to them and say, this is what I get, but I leave it with you. And there are some situations when we're just called to pray. When God reveals something to us so that we pray and we, we don't say anything else. So for instance, uh, one of, two of my colleagues were going off to speak at this conference together and I actually had this dream, this prophetic dream that at the conference they were, both went mad. Now you imagine me phoning them up and saying, hey guys, I had this dream about you, you're going to go mad. God wasn't telling me to share it. He was saying, pray. And so I prayed the blood of Jesus over them. I prayed for the protection of the Lord to rest on them. And when they came back, they shared how wonderful the conference had been. I didn't share about the prophetic message. I just wanted to encourage them. You know, a really helpful way to think about prophecy is this, that it comes from the heart of the Father. That this is a word from the heart of the Father. It's not given to control, to dominate, or to make fearful but to encourage, strengthen, and comfort. Because God the Father is good, isn't he? And he loves his children, whether they're lost or they've been found, whether they're running away from him or they're running into his arms. So how do we develop this gift of prophecy? Well, I want to use the four Ps. The first one is presence. In order to get to know the Father's voice, we need to spend time in his presence. And when we're in his presence, we, we recognize his voice. And we use those same things. Nothing that the Father says will contradict his word. It will be given to strengthen and encourage that We use these words. And I, and I love hearing God's voice. Sometimes he, uh, I remember I was really struggling once. And I was just waiting on the Lord for a prophetic word. And I saw Jesus come. And he just touched me on, it, on the head. And he said, be at peace. See, we need that prophetic word, and we recognize the voice of the Lord when we spend time in his presence. I remember once I was up on George Street, and um, I was just walking along, and I had about an hour and a half to kill, and I suddenly heard the, the voice of the Lord. He said, do you see that guy walking along that everyone's giving a wide berth to? I went, oh, yeah. He said, I want you to help him tonight. And so he, he, he came, and, and we talked, and I discovered that he um, had just um, come out of prison he had nowhere to live well he'd actually just been thrown out of his b&b and so the lord led us through an incredible evening of encounters and so the end of it he got a taxi down to a new bed and breakfast in leith and i always remember him getting into this taxi waving going thank you thank you thank you and i said well thank god you see it's just getting to know the father's voice and you hear that when you spend time in his presence you pray you ask god for revelation not just for yourself, but others. I can, uh, there are times in my life when I'm so hungry to get prophetic words for people. I remember once I was on holiday, and I was just in a season where I just wanted to see pe- uh, prophetic words to bring breakthrough. And I, I'd gone down to London, and I was sitting on a train, crying out to God. I was so hungry for the prophetic. And, um, and all of a sudden, we stopped at the station. And as the, as the, as the, um, the doors opened, the Holy Spirit came in. And, and my goodness, the presence of God fell on me. And this young mom came in with her daughter. And the Holy Spirit said to me, the child's ill. I want you to pray. And I looked at the child and said, there's nothing wrong with that child. <laughs> and so we started talking. And uh, I found out that uh, they were on the way to uh, Great Ormond Street Hospital. And the child just about had every allergic reaction you could have. And so I shared with the mom 
what I felt was from the Lord. And she burst into tears, and she'd, she'd walked away from the Lord. And she then, oh, it was just wonderful. It was wonderful. And, uh, you know, she, she, she didn't come back to the Lord, but she was just so thankful, and we prayed for the child. We need to be eagerly desiring and we need to be prepared for what's going to happen. You know, the best way to prepare is to read God's words so that we get to know him. We get to know his heart. We get to know he's full of grace. That he's so much better than anything we could ever imagine. And so when we, we, give, when we hear a prophetic word, we go, oh, that's not from God. Oh, yeah, that is. Because we know him because we hear the word. And then we need to practice. We need to practice what God gives us. You know, we use the benchmark, encourage, strengthen, and comfort. We use the Bible as a benchmark. So how do we receive a prophetic word when someone gives it to us? The first thing is we record it or we write it down so that we can then take it to the Lord later on. We test it out. It says, do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on what is good and reject what is evil. We need to go before the Lord with the prophecy. Whoever it might be, you know, might be Pastor Peter who gives it to you. It must be Pastor Paul, but... You need to take that and weigh it up with the Lord. And then you need to pray about it. And if you feel it's from the Lord, then you move in faith. So it might be that you, the Lord wants you to start moving in the prophetic. The next step is moving in faith. So I want to finish just by sharing a few different ways to encourage you that I've seen the Lord speak in my life. But I want to say that there are often times when I get, get wrong, get it wrong. That I'm just someone who's gone after the gift of the Spirit. And the Lord's used me. All right? So the first one is through impressions. Sometimes you just get an impression. So I, I was in the office a while back. And I just got this impression that one of my work colleagues was really struggling. And I, I, and I, was, and I was talking to them. They looked absolutely fine. And I kind of went off going, I must have got it wrong. But the impression didn't leave. So I went back the next day. And I just said to them, look, can I just pray for you? I just feel the Lord wants to bring you peace in the midst of things that are going on. Is there anything going on? He's, oh yeah, I'm just really struggling. And so we prayed. It was just an impression. The next one is a word. Often the, word, the Lord will just give you a word. Maybe it's when you're asking for, for a friend. Just give me a word for that friend. Will it encourage, strengthen, and comfort? You know, I was in town on Tuesday, and I, was psych- I was, uh, cycled in, so I was uh, chaining my bike up. And as I lifted my eyes, I saw this guy having a, an e-cigarette break, a builder. And I didn't really think about him anymore. But as I looked up again, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, he's not alone. He's not alone. And what's amazing is to hear through the turning, actually, one of the builders came to the Lord. You see, the Lord often gives a word and then brings something else in. Just through a word, a picture you know, recently we were praying as a staff team in St. Mungo's, and I got this gis- uh, disco ball, you know, one of the ones that spins round. And like, I don't know if anyone likes to dance. I do. You know, and if I hadn't asked the Lord what I meant, I could have said, oh, let's just have a disco. Woo! But actually, it was about us reflecting the light of Christ in the world. So I asked what, what it meant and how to put it into practice. Through Scripture, uh, I can remember when we were out in the streets on, on Prince Street once, this guy came and sat down. And as he shared, there was just about everything had, had fallen. He was, a, he was an amazing man. He had an amazing career. He'd had it all, and yet his life in, in basically two weeks had fallen to bits. Everything had gone wrong. 
And he was just crying. And I was like, oh my goodness, I just need to mourn with this guy. And as I just mourned with him, the Holy Spirit said, the joy of the Lord is his strength. The joy of the Lord is his strength. And I was like, well, I'm not sure about saying that one. This guy is completely in bits. And so I just started praying over him under my breath so he couldn't hear. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And within about three minutes, he was laughing. I was like, oh my goodness. You see, when we just get a scripture, it's not just a scripture. Because it's the power of God. And this, it changed his day, and we were able to go and have a coffee, and, and it just opened up. See, that scripture opened up the opportunity for the joy of the Lord to hit him. He speaks sometimes, and there are different ways that he speaks. I can remember I was speaking at a youth conference, and it wasn't going very well. And, um, and I was just thinking, oh, God, help. Help. I need something here. I need to show your power in some way because no one's getting it. And then he said, he said, there's a girl to your left who wants to become a Christian, now, I don't often get those words, but I thought, well, I'm desperate, so I'm going to try it. Do you know what? They need a demonstration of God's power. And so I prayed. I said, God, you really need to help me. And I shared it. And this girl stood right up. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And all these kids were like, no way, no way. Someone actually wants to respond to Jesus. And it changed the whole atmosphere through dreams. I remember getting a dream once. And um, it was about this girl, a lady in our church, and I saw her as a little girl, and her father was really distant, and how she longed just to be in the father's presence. And the next day I was preaching, and um, some ladies were ministering over her. I just said, can I share a dream? And I shared the dream, and she just broke into tears. I didn't even have to give her the interpretation of the application. And then as we prayed for her, the father came with all this love. And changed her, changed her heart. So you see, we need to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. We need to go after it. You know, um, I was listening to a song on the way in. It was just that we declare that he's the way maker, that he's the miracle maker, that he's the promise keeper, and he's the light in our darkness. Amen. You know, you might not know Jesus this morning, but he can change your life. Just that you're looking at someone whose lives, as life was changed in a moment. See, Jesus came to show us what God the Father's like. He died on a cross so that to take all your guilt and shame away. But he didn't leave it there. Because then he rose again, amen. And he reigns in heaven, sitting next to the Father, urging you to come to him and experience that life in all its fullness that he won for you on the cross. He took that by his blood, by his most precious blood. And he says to you this morning, he says, I love you, and I gave my life for you. Does, does anyone want to receive Jesus this morning? I'm just going to encourage you just to put up your hand this morning. Is there anyone who just says, I need Jesus in my life, just as I did when I realized that alcohol wasn't going to get me anywhere. But I needed Jesus, and Jesus turned my life around. I just want to encourage you, just put your hand up. It's the best decision that you'll ever make. Just ask Jesus into your life. You don't have to have it. You don't have to have anything right. I was in a complete mess when I came to Jesus. And yet he came in his loving arms and said, I love you, my son. I gave my life for you. Would you come and be a part of my family? Would you experience my love, my forgiveness, my power? I just encourage you to give your life to Jesus this morning.
It's the best decision you'll ever make to have Jesus walk with you each day. But I don't want to stop there tonight, this morning, because he's the miracle maker. Jesus is the miracle maker. I just sensed a few things. That there might be a lady here this morning that has had continual back pain. And I feel the Lord wants to be your helper this morning. That he wants to bring healing. And I'd encourage you, if that's you, there's going to be a time of ministry where you come up for that. There's also, I think, a guy in here called Oliver. And as I heard that name, I saw a massive kind of transformer of power. And he wants to fill you with power to bring God's kingdom. If that's you, I'd encourage you to come and get power also. I think there's also someone, and there might be more, there might be four people in the room who are really um, struggling with despair. And you feel like there's like a sheet over you. You just can't get rid of this despair. But Jesus wants to take that sheet off you this morning and fill you with his hope. Fill you with his love. He's also the promise maker. I want, to, I want you to test out this gift right now, church. I just want you to ask, Holy Spirit, what, what promise do I need to know right now for myself? What, what promise do I need to be reminded of right now that is going to encourage strength and comfort? So I just want to just give you a moment. Just ask the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, what, is there, what promise is there that I need to be reminded of right now? Just ask the Holy Spirit. I just get a sense for someone that the Lord says, there's always hope. There's always hope. And I think it's particularly in the area of um, employment. I don't think you've had employment for a while. But don't lose hope. Keep seeking the Lord. It's him who's going to open the door in this. And there's also someone in this room who has been asking for something continued. And you know what it is. There's a specific thing you've been asking. I don't want to share it, because, but the Lord has heard it. And I just encourage you, there'll be fulfillment in that word. And it's something you've been asking. And it's for a particular woman. Don't give up asking for that thing. And then the last thing, that he's the light in the darkness. I just want us to stand. Can we just stand right now? And the band are going to come back up. How many of you just need to have a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit this morning? Anyone? I know I do. You know, I, I really believe this is from the Lord this morning. That he wants to encourage you to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Prophecy being one. You know, on the way here, uh, he, he's, I've started to have a migraine. And I had to rush into um, to Asda to get my medication. But I felt it was because the enemy didn't want you to hear this this morning. I prayed the blood of Jesus over my mind. And I had some of the pastors praying the blood of Jesus over me. And it's gone. I know that I took the medication, but it doesn't normally go that quickly. So I really feel this is a word for you, Destiny Gorgie, that you would go after, eagerly desire, spiritual gift, especially prophecy, because you need to encourage each other. 
you need to comfort each other and strengthen each other as a church. That when non-believers come into this place and you're prophesying over other, their hearts will be revealed. And when you're out and about, God will give you the gift of prophecy to bring people to him. So I pray for a fresh outpouring of you, Holy Spirit. A fresh outpouring. A fresh outpouring. Just receive it. Just say, Holy Spirit, would you give me everything I need to be who you've God created me to be in this world? Just just start praying for that. Holy Spirit, just come and fill me afresh and give me the gifts I need. Whether that's prophecy, healing, interpretation of tongues, whatever it is, just start asking, asking.